Welcome to The Wondering Mind, a podcast where we have candid conversations in hopes to break mental health stigmas and normalize speaking up about our mental health. Through this podcast, we will connect you to a diverse range of folks from all around the world who have struggled with their mental health, but have learned to weather through the storm. By listening to their stories, you may begin to feel empowered, less alone, and you may discover new ways that will help you navigate through your own mental health struggles. So sit back, relax, and remember, everyone's story matters. Welcome to the Wondering Mind podcast. I'm your host, Emily Elizabeth. Joining me today, I have Jay Chase. If you're not familiar with who Jay is, he is the host of the Don't Touch My Mindset podcast. He's a mindset coach. Welcome. Thank you for joining me today. Hello, hello, hello. What's popping, fam? Life's popping. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. No. You and I have so much going on behind the scenes. You're a hustler, just like I am. You work a full-time job and you have all these other things that you're working on. What are you working on right now? Let's just kind of, let's just get into that for a sec. Let's, let's chisel it down. Um, I am currently working on engaging the community that I've built. I've built a private community and we are meeting in there in the community space, doing the work together. We don't just talk about doing the work, we actually do the work together. So we do hot seat coaching, we do um, homework assignments, we do um, a whole bunch of stuff to just better our mindsets and things like that. Um, So what I am currently working on is nurturing that, nurturing that community and um, doing the work with them, yeah. That's amazing. Cause I know a lot of people can sign up for things or say they're gonna do stuff, and then they don't do it. <laughs> They're not consistent. So I think that accountability can really go a long way. That's awesome. Uh, it's It's been beautiful to watch one people come out of their shells because of the safe environment that we create in that space. And then to, to see people better themselves and dive deeper in themselves with people around them, you know, and that, account, that accountability is everything. I, I hold every member accountable in there and it's, it's fun. I like it. That's awesome. So let's kind of backtrack a little because I want to know how you got to this point because I know (laughs) that we all struggle with stuff and being able to get to the point where you've done the inner work and then you're able to lead a community and help them do the inner work is, I mean, that's really difficult to do. So let's start with what made you decide to start doing the inner work on yourself? You know, that's a really good question. What made me decide? Um, because it was definitely like a forced decision. It wasn't something something that I just woke up one day and was like, hey, I'm going to be the best version of myself <laughs> always. No, um, it was definitely my uh, rock bottom. Um, I went to prison. I went to prison in 2017. And um, it was also the last time I drank alcohol. And um, it was really just that moment when I was completely alone and completely isolated, where I was like, something's got to change. 
uh, the, if this is where I'm headed, I don't want it. I, I was lucky enough to get a, to get sentenced to like a shock. Like, hey, this is what prison looks like. Do you want to keep doing what you're doing? And I, I'm like, uh, no, nah, I'm okay. So I spent six months in prison. And that six months, I really just turned inward. I reconnected to my higher power. And that's what started the work. But that's that's what made me decide to go inward and, and start. <laughs> That's wild because first of all, prison is some scary ass shit like that. That is no joke. And I think for a lot of folks who probably end up there, they've either already been struggling or they end up struggling while they're there. How were you able in those six months to kind of get yourself together enough to flip that switch and change your mindset and perspective and be like, all right, yeah, I'm here. This is the lowest of the low, but I can make the best of it if I can. How are you able to even do that? Because I feel like a lot of folks wouldn't choose that route. Out of as many times as I I have told this story, nobody has ever asked me that question. And I think it really came down to my decision to consciously not reach out to anyone. I didn't make any phone calls. I didn't make any, I didn't write any letters. So that those six months were spent with me and only me. I didn't wonder what was going on outside of me. I didn't, I, I really just took a moment and tackled myself, tackled my demons, tackled my faith, really adjusted to where I was. And I didn't put it on anybody else. And that's what made me, that's what helped me make the decision to choose that route of, bettering myself and becoming the best version of myself is because I couldn't blame anybody of why I was there. I couldn't put any false accusations. Like I was driving drunk. Like there's like, there's nowhere I could, I could put it. And so I, a lot of people would have said that that was bad, but I just, I didn't reach out to anybody. I completely isolated myself and, um, and yeah, and just went inward. I think that answers the question. Maybe that definitely answers the question. And (laughs) It makes sense because if you're that isolated, I mean, even though you're in that type of environment, you're still fairly alone and everyone's kind of dealing with their own stuff individually. And so it really gives you, I mean, you're cut off from the world. Mm -hmm. So you have no other choice, but to either suffer in silence and make things worse or to go inward and be like, all right, I'm going to utilize this time to figure shit out. Mm -hmm. And mind you, I was never in prison, but when we went into isolation during COVID for a lot of people, it kind of felt like that. And I mean, two totally different levels, again, mm-hmm. not even really comparable, but in the sense of you were severely isolated and that's for where I can relate to you in the sense of that's where my work continued. And I had to tackle a lot of demons and learn a lot of things and cut off a lot of neg- negative coping mechanisms. I mean, that's mm-hmm. where, that's where the work starts is when you turn inward and you kind of isolate yourself. So you said that you ended up in prison because you were driving drunk and you and I are both alcohol-free individuals. So let's kind of tackle that a little bit. Cause I've had a couple of folks on the show who are also alcohol-free sober. And I, I just love hearing their stories mm-hmm. and I love advocating for an alcohol-free life. So what made you, was that the, the moment that made you kind of rethink your relationship with alcohol? 
Yo, I, I love that you asked. So thank you. Thank you for honoring my story as well. Yeah. Um, yes and no. Because when I went to prison, obviously there was no alcohol. When I got out of prison, I was on probation. So it was forced sobriety. And so I'm like, hey, okay, do I want freedom or do I want alcohol? Like, I got to make that choice. So it really went to that, that severe of a choice for me. When it really became detrimental was 2020 in June when I was released from probation early. And it was like the first time I was a free man for the first time in 10 years um, of, of just throughout my addiction of just drinking from when I was 18 to 28, I guess, just completely outside of who I am now with, you know, being arrested, bar fights, uh, resisting arrest, running from the cops, just being a menace to society. So it was that point when I got off of probation, I was actually able to make decisions for myself that weren't forced upon me was when I really chose to be like, hey, I'm going to stay away from alcohol. Um, not because I've went three years without it, but it's the fact that I've liked these three years without it versus the three years with it. That makes complete sense. I think it was very bold of you and brave of you to stick with that. Because I think too, it could have gone the other way. You could have been like, you know what? I'm free. Like I do not have anything like hanging over my head. I don't have anyone looking at my every move and I can do what I want. And you could have chose to socially drink again and and integrate that back into your life, but you chose to completely cut it out for good. How has that set you up for success moving forward? You know, I think this is a conversation that nobody wants to have, that sobriety equals clarity. When I, I truly look at alcohol like a mind suppressant, and I believe that everything's in the mind. And so when when your mind is clouded, when you're not able to make clear decisions from pure intentions, because your intentions get clouded when you're drunk as well, that just hinders any type of success that you could possibly ever have in your life. So with that being said, over these past three years or over those three years of not drinking before I made that decision, of course, I was doing this inner work and growing and learning myself, but I realized that I want to honor my mind. I want to honor my body and I want to be able to make clear decisions from pure intentions and um, alcohol wouldn't help me do that. So that I think that answered, that answered your question. That did it. <laughs> It does. And I can relate to that. And I think a lot of people that choose to be alcohol free can relate to that as well. Because when you, when you drink alcohol, you make decisions based off of how you're feeling in that moment. And it can be very spontaneous and not thought through. Mm-hmm. And also your, I, I noticed that I was never really aware of my surroundings. Like now I'm able to tap in and feel, get a feel for like where I'm at, how it makes me feel, who I'm with, how they make me feel what I'm doing, how that makes me feel. And when you're drinking alcohol and when you're so drunk and you're partying or doing whatever, you can't tap into any of that. It's like that wall is immediately put up and you're just thinking that everything is so great. And, you know, it's hard to tell right from wrong and what's going on. And so I, I, I totally relate. And I think that was a really good way of explaining it. Um, Definitely cloud your judgment and also too, I've noticed, and I don't know if you feel the same way, but when I stopped drinking alcohol, I became more confident in myself. I noticed that a lot of the decisions that I had been making in the past when I was drinking and partying still were based off of what other people wanted, not what I wanted. You get that clarity and mm-hmm. your mind is no longer clouded. So that was one of the biggest reliefs I think that I experienced. 
and it's so beautiful because I, I say clarity, you know, and instead of like sober-minded and all this other stuff, but once you have that clarity, once you can see your vision straight through, there's there's no other feeling like it. There's 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 no alcohol that can make you feel that invincible when you're moving in purpose towards your vision, you know. And um, I experienced that, and I was like, whoa! And it just made me hone in on so much where I don't want any distractions. I don't want anything to hinder the vision. I don't want to take any step backwards. You know, uh, people ask me all the time, Jay, are you going to start drinking again? And I was like, I right now, I can tell you that I'm not going to. Um, I can tell you that these past five years of my life have been really awesome. The five years before those five years were not. <laughs> so I'm going to take the better pick there, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes total sense. I was actually about to ask you that. I know one thing that I got and I still get is being alcohol-free or sober or whatever you want to call it. People still question that and don't fully understand that. And they're like, well, you could have like one drink or are you going to start drinking again at some point? And I'm just like, you have no idea what you're like. So how are you able to kind of navigate through those questions? Cause that can be kind of awkward. And also it's nice in those moments to kind of educate people. How do you kind of tackle that when that happens? When I feel like explaining myself or when I feel like, or when I don't feel like explaining myself, <laughs> both I guess <laughs> when I don't feel like explaining myself yeah. somebody will ask me if I want to drink or if they think I'm ever going to drink again and I'll simply just tell them yeah if you want me to burn this place down absolutely <laughs> I'll drink with you right now but I don't feel like doing that and they kind of grasp it from there but that's also me knowing my boundaries and knowing that I don't have to tell anybody else anything about my decisions I don't I don't put boundaries on people I put boundaries on myself because mm-hmm. uh, I don't, I don't, I, I believe boundaries are love with conditions, but we'll, that's a whole different topic. Um, and I don't believe in it, <laughs> but um, when I want to explain myself and somebody asked me or to navigate through those, those questions of if I'm ever going to drink again, or do you want to have just one drink? And it's, it's really interesting because I'm just the no person. I'm just a no. I'm, I'm, I'm good. And they're like, why not? Because one, I don't surround myself with people like that anymore. <laughs> and it took me a good three years in my sobriety until I did that. But I don't, I don't surround myself with, with the people who question my sobriety anymore. Cause I believe respect is the greatest expression of love. And if I tell you something and, and it's a logical answer and it, and it makes sense and you can't respect it then I don't feel like there's room for love there. And so I don't surround myself around those people, but it's more, I'm a, I'm a no guy. I, t- I, I'm very open about sharing my story. So I tell them, yo, I, I'm an, al- I'm an alcoholic. I'll tell them this. And, um, and that it's a shock to them, but then they don't ask again. <laughs> They're just like shocked into being like, okay, this is uncomfortable now. I'm not going to ask <laughs> and scene. <laughs> So what are you doing currently within your daily life to maintain where you've reached, like where the, the, the good mindset, the healthy mindset? Yo, no, I made that face because I'm like, so much I do this so much. Um, what are your like top five things that really help you get through your day to make sure that 
you're continuing to work on being the best version of yourself. Absolutely. I stay connected to my higher power, discipline, dialogue, whether that's positive or negative. And when I say dialogue, it's that inner critic or that inner coach inside my head. Yeah. So dialogue, um, whether that's positive or negative, I listen and dismiss whether it's positive or negative, no matter what. So I stay connected to my higher power, discipline, dialogue, my routines and reading, 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 reading. And also I would have to say creatings on top of that and to keep my mind busy, very, very creative mind, but dialogue would be the biggest one for me. I think dialogue over discipline. I get up every morning at 4.15 a.m. And um... <laughs> you're crazy. <laughs> I remember you mentioning that to me. <laughs> so let's let's go. I want to hear how, why you get up so early. How and does that help you? <laughs> <laughs> it helps me defeat the dialogue, the positive mm-hmm. mindset. I'll get up at 4.15 every morning. And then as I'm making coffee, the only thing that's going on in my head is why are you doing this? Nobody else is awake. Nobody else is doing this. All this negative dialogue. And then I hone in on to because I want to, and I want a better life and I need more time in the day. And then the discipline kicks in of, okay, now let's make the coffee. Let's, you know, connect the source. Let's um, journal. Let's uh, do gratitude. Let's do, you know, then there's so much, then that dialogue f- fades away. And that's what keeps me in that positive mindset. Cause once I'm rolling, we're rolling throughout the day, but I think it's that getting up and getting started part. That's the hardest for me. Oh yeah. I think so many people struggle with that. I think so many people probably would say that time is one of the main things that they don't have enough of, but on the other side, that it's just a matter of how you manage your, how you manage your time. And so I think that's what you're trying to do there. And how are you able to get into that routine and force yourself to get up? How are you able to make that a daily habit of getting up at 415? Five, four, three, two, one, go. That is literally what I say to myself in the morning. Alarm goes off. I look at the phone and I lay back down, of course, like we always do. And I count five, four, three, two, one, go. And I get out of bed. I truly believe, you know, I don't think there's no secret sauce. I don't think there's a magic formula. I don't think there's, you know, if we go to bed at a certain time, I don't know if you've ever heard of the belief effect that if we tell ourselves something enough that our body believes it. Um, So if you tell yourself that you need nine hours of sleep, your body believes it. If you tell yourself that over and over again, your body believes that. Uh, Me, I operate on five to four hours of sleep. I know, insane, right? Look, you shake your head. You're like, no, I need eight hours. I'm like, damn. (laughs) Whoa. But it's, um, it's, it's literally the dissecting dialogue. That's why I said dialogue is probably the most important to me to stay in that. I have to pin it down and dismiss it because if I listen to that wandering mind, (laughs) um, I will, I'll end up all over the place. And the consistency of getting up every single day at the exact same time creates routine easier for me because I will actually plan my day the night before. So if I want, if I'm going to the gym in the morning, I have gym clothes laid out, coffee's ready, pre-workouts done, proteins done, carbs are ready, intra-workouts done, all that's done, made away at night. So all I have to do is wake up, wash my face, brush my teeth and go to the gym dialogue than discipline. I don't know if that makes, yeah. 
Yeah, it makes yeah. total sense. I think just getting rid of talking yourself out of that negative self-talk or positive self-talk, just making yourself do the thing. And I love how you're, you're setting yourself up for success by preparing the night before. I think also too, if you want it bad enough, if you want to make those changes bad enough, if you want to accomplish your goals as bad as you say you do, then doing that five, four, three, two, one, and then just forcing yourself to get the fuck up will work. You just have to want it bad enough. If you, if you don't really want it as bad as you say you do, you're not going to do it. You know, mm, that, that's see. And that's the secret sauce, mm-hmm. the why behind the action. That's the secret sauce. See, you know, and you can tell me, you can ask me how, and I can simply tell you my why. Okay. What's your why? My why is not going to be near as important to you as it is to me. My why is the reason I get up at 4.15 in the morning. My why is the reason how I can do that. My why is the reason why I put in the work the night before, the morning of, and the day during. You know, it's, it's, I I love that you brought that up because if you want it bad enough, I always tell myself, there comes a point in our life where we got to make a choice where we're either going to operate in our personal power or we're going to operate in our past pain and our past beliefs of what we have been limited to. You know, and we just got to make that choice. So yeah, you're absolutely right. It sounds like through your experiences that you've gone through have really shaped the determination of never, ever going back to that type of life. Mm-hmm. And that's probably a part of your why, but you're, I love, yeah, everybody's why is going to be different. And I think you just have to find the biggest why and how much that means to you in order for you to just make those changes. The sad part is that if you question the why, it's not big enough. And people hate when I tell them that. Clients hate when I tell them that. If I, Because I'll ask a client eight times, why do you want this? 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 And I was like, okay, what if that was, what if, what if that was taken away from you? Your why is not big enough. You know, for me, mm, my why, my why is to be better than I was yesterday. And that may sound selfish or facetious or anything like that but I I know who I was yesterday I don't know who I'm going to be tomorrow but I know I want to be better than that man that I was yesterday and that's what keeps me going wow (laughs) I know I love that you question that like question the why and if if you can't seem to come to like a concrete you know answer it's not big enough it's gonna leave you room for for no less excuses. action for, yeah, for excuses. But if it's big enough, then there's no room for excuses. There's no room for any reason why you can't accomplish what you want to. And, and that's anybody, that's anybody who wants to do anything, you know, anybody who wants to, who, who wants to quit their nine to five and become an entrepreneur. Why? You know, that's, that's what it comes down to. Why? When I wanted to start my podcast, why? So yeah, I, I get passionate about wise. <laughs> well, speaking of wise, I'm glad you brought up the podcast. So let's just pivot real quick. <laughs> pivot, of course, pivot. <laughs> <laughs> Your word right there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so why, why, what is your why for the podcast? Let's tell the folks why you started the podcast, because it's a pretty amazing, pretty amazing podcast. You're on season two of don't touch my mindset and you've been building this community and doing all the things surrounding this. So what motivated you? I mean, why were you like, cause everyone, we so many people have podcasts now. So mm-hmm. why were you like, this is a, this is going to be a part of my journey. 
I actually had no clue it was. I had no clue this podcast was going to be part of my journey. My friend challenged me. He challenged me to make a podcast in 30 days. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> um, I host a Bible study at my house every Thursday night. And he, and he comes and he's a really good friend of mine. I've known him since I was in elementary school. And he said, Jay, your perspective is amazing when we're reading the Bible. He said, um, the insight that you provide is amazing. How you interpret it and help me get past obstacles is amazing. You should start a podcast. You have an awesome testimony and people would love to hear what you have to say. And I told him, I said, hmm, if you give me a business plan on how to make a successful podcast, I'll give you a podcast in 30 days. And he came to me in two days with a, oh hand, a handwritten business plan of here's how you make a podcast. Oh <laughs> my God. He was ready. <laughs> yes. And, um, and that's when I birthed Don't Touch My Mindset. And the, from September 6th to October 6th. That's wild. That is absolutely wild. And it's become a really big part of your story and, and how you're helping people. So that's incredible that Bible study turned dare <laughs> turned into part of your part of your life's work. To me, it's truly just uh, evidence of my higher power working on me and working in me as, as much as I've been working uh, in myself. Because, yeah, the podcast has birthed one so much and it's helped so many people and then think of something that I birthed in 30 days as a dare is actually impacting lives all around the world so yeah it's 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 humbling it's amazing and I am extremely grateful for it yes that's awesome for folks that are kind of struggling with their mindset or contemplating how to get into a routine or questioning their why what is a piece of advice that you've learned throughout your experience so far that you could provide them that may help them get through their mental challenges right now? Oh, yeah. Um, when it comes down to it, we do the things that we do because we want to. That's it. There's, there's, there's nothing else behind it. So when it comes to anybody struggling with doing something, ask yourself if you really want to do it. And if you don't, then we pivot. Yeah. It's, it comes down to back to the why. Why do you want to do it? And then if you're, if you're having a hard time finding your why or wondering what your why may be, start with the vision underneath that ask yourself what's the purpose of your vision and then ask yourself what are the practical steps to accomplish that pur purpose to fulfill your vision I like the way that you put it because it's simplistic and I think a lot of the times when folks are struggling with their mental health or a certain experience that they're going through it's it's really hard for them to just even do the simplest of things. So making, making that as simple as possible for anyone to kind of hone in on no matter where they're at with their mindset right now is, is very important. So I think that's great. Well, I, one, I love that question, Emily, because you, you 
ask awesome questions. I like want to be interviewed by you all the time. Um, <laughs> but it it comes down to one: where are we operating from? What do we want? And how can we do that? Our ego has never created anything new, but our imagination has. But as we grow up through life, we get domesticated and we learn to tap out of our imagination. And then we have to fall in line with what society thinks is right, what society thinks are norms. And then that's what creates this mental illness, this mental health illness of like, I don't fit in. I don't belong here. I'm depressed. I have anxiety. I can't go around here because you're not living in purpose. You're not operating from your personal power. You're not trusting your vision. You're not surrendering to your higher power or choosing freedom over fear, but rather operating in pain from ego, operating from practical of society's norms, um, putting your desires or your wants over what the macro picture is and living in fear. You know, um, so I, I think there's that when, like I said earlier, we have to make that choice and whether do we be true to ourselves and operate in that mindset and understand that this is who I am. And I just need to understand myself better to navigate the human experience better. I don't know if that I, I hope that goes well. No, I think there definitely is stigma surrounding mental health, but I think it's because of all the things that you just mentioned. Mm -hmm. I think that a hundred percent, I, oof, you like said it so perfectly when you were explaining how the creativity that we had growing up, it's taken from us almost in a sense. We let it subside once we hit a certain point and we feel as though we have to move with the flow and do the societal traditional things to get us through and it's really fucking sad and you're right I think that is a huge trigger for so many people that will in turn turn into depression and anxiety because we're trying to maintain and live in this box that we're placed in without our you know against our will but it's the only way that we feel we can survive in this moment. And so it definitely stifles that creativity. And I think learning how to kind of tap back into that by practicing certain things that you've learned, gratitude, asking what your why is, finding your purpose. That's what I had to do. Mm -hmm. I had to do that about four, four or five years ago. That's exactly what I was experiencing was a lack of purpose, I didn't have a why I was in a terrible relationship. I hated my job. It was all of the things that you just mentioned encompassed into one storyline, basically. Mm. And I had to tap into, do I want to end things or do I want to pivot and Mm. make the choice to find what I am passionate about and what my why is. And I did just that. And I think that's what a lot of people struggle with is finding that inner strength to make that choice and to actually make the change. And it was like do or die basically for me, because I was just so fucking miserable with where I was at in life. And I was like, there's gotta be more (laughs) to this life than what's going on right now. Like I feel so trapped and encompassed in this terrible bubble. I'm about to pop this shit and I'm about to figure out what, what comes next because we write our own stories And I think a lot of people forget that. 
And what are all the things that you just said reminded me of that. And so finding my passion, I started with makeup and then it led me to the podcast eventually, but yeah, just finding that that's starting it from square one and just doing that thing and finding your purpose and your why I think is so fucking important. So thank you for that. Cause that's well said. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. If you didn't hear it, say it again for the back of press replay, because <laughs> you are so right. Um, I And I was the same way in the middle of my addiction, coming out of my addiction, going back into society, going back into society, taking that man who's been in prison for six months and saying, OK, you're free to go. Uh, just don't drink. Uh, don't do drugs. Don't carry no firearms. And you come see this lady every two weeks. OK. And I'm like, all right, how do I navigate? Where do I get a job? Where's my old life? Who, who do I go hang out with? Who, who's going to support me through all of this? And I, and I fell into this meaningless, drifting state of mind where I didn't have a purpose, where my purpose was not to go back to jail. My purpose was not to go back to prison, you know? And then once I honed in and said, there's so much more and I got to hit, I've hit the self-destruct button on my life so many times. I don't know if you're familiar with Katie Byron's work, but she talks about hitting the self-destruct button on your life. And I, I've hit the self-destruct button on my life so many times intentionally because my why has changed or I've grabbed this purpose or I had to stop jump shift and pivot from where I was you know it's it's like like I say it it was a pivotal moment in my life to where I just couldn't do it anymore so I feel that I feel that thank you for sharing that with me thank you for sharing you know it's one thing when you have a job you have all the security and then you're trying to pivot but it's another thing when you're coming out of prison and you really don't have much you're basically starting completely over and there's probably a lack of support there too, in more ways than one, especially from society, giving you that chance, seeing that on your record. There's just so many other obstacles that so many people that haven't been in that situation don't fucking understand and can't even Mm -hmm. comprehend. And then adding that on top of already struggling with your mental health and trying to get to a better place. Like I can't even imagine. So I think it's pretty remarkable that you are one of those success stories because it's not something that's very common when people get to that place. I think I just commend you for taking this opportunity and running with it and never looking yeah. back. Yeah. A hundred percent. Thank you. That's, that's fully received because um, I think when it comes to decisions, when like sobriety or becoming a better man or becoming a better person, we have one decision to make all in or all out. And I had to go all in on becoming the best version of myself because I was all in on convincing the world that I was a bad kid when I wasn't. That's another thing too, that we, we, something like you said earlier, we convince ourselves that we're something that we may not be, you know, like so many people tell us one thing, we start to believe it. So we start to tell ourselves one thing, we start to believe it or act like it or feel it. So the fact that you have um, the capability of an ind- as an individual to completely change your mindset over and over. I mean, that's just proof that if you can do it, we can all fucking do it. Everyone can. We all have that power because when it really comes down to it, it's a choice. And it, it, it is a choice of, oh gosh, I get so much put, I get so much pushback and you don't got to put this on the podcast, but you can edit it out. <laughs> but it is, it is when are we going to stop standing 
on our crutch? When are we gonna when are we gonna stop being the victim of our story and start being the victor? You know, at, at what point? At what point do we share the same story over and over again with 50 million people, but it's always from the victim stance? What happened to the victim? You know, are you still using the crutch? And it comes to that choice where we take control, where we make that pivot, where we make that jump, where we have to say, no, I'm the victor. I'm kicking the crutch from under me. I'm taking my first step. And when I got released from prison and saw that nobody was on my side, that I had to fiend for myself, that I had to make these, these decisions and choices for myself, and nobody didn't care if I was in society or in prison. Nobody, nobody cared. Just work harder, Jay. You know, and those, those are the driving factors underneath my why of knowing that nobody cares. That, and when I say nobody, I mean like the, the system or like past lifestyle of, of just going forward and making that choice to become the victor if that made any type of sense. It did. It definitely did. So there's one thing that I do want to touch on before we kind of wrap things up. And it's something that you just said, where when you came out of prison and you were basically the only one that was supporting you, the system doesn't give a fuck. Nobody cares. It's your situation. And you're the only one left to pick up the pieces. It's something that is true for everyone if you really think about it nobody really gives a shit you have to give a shit you know (laughs) it's true and it's something that I don't even like thinking about because I'm a people pleaser and I think so many people are people pleasers because we just want to be accepted we just want to be liked we just want to be loved we want that community but at the end of the day it's like everyone's kind of fending for themselves at the end of the day And if you don't even care, why is somebody else going to care? And this can ring true for so many different situations, but generally speaking, it applies to basically everything. So (laughs) that's, I was going to say it can, or it does. does. No matter whatever you pour your heart and soul into, right? Like our, our podcast, right? Your podcast, my podcast. Um, if I release six episodes, if I release 30 episodes, nobody cares. Oh, cool to listen to. You know what I mean? Whether I'm building, when I was, when I'm building my community, you know, um, I could, you, like, like you just said, everybody wants community and everybody wants, you know, to people please and all of this other stuff. But as soon as the invite goes out and, and, and you hear crickets, it's because nobody cares. Everybody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to do the work. Nobody wants to do it. And so it's really funny we're talking about this because I have a coffee cup that says nobody cares. Work harder. <laughs> and uh, anytime I drop into the why does the podcast even matter or why does this matter? Why am I even doing why am I working so hard? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh yeah, nobody cares. This is for me. <laughs> work harder, Jay. Yeah. If you want people to care, work harder. That's yeah. what it comes down to. It. And, and, and it's so funny. My mentor, when I first met my mentor, he said, Jay, you're, you're absolutely amazing. You have some brilliant ideas and I want to help you make those come to fruition. He said, the only problem is nobody knows who you are. <laughs> and it was like such a humbling statement. I was like, fuck. I know who I am. <laughs> but yes. No, I totally relate to that because, again, we aren't given platforms that are large enough to reach however many people, but we have a drive within us. And I think there are so many other people that do. 
And if you care enough about what you're doing, then other people will start to care and it will kind of organically grow. But it's, again, it's putting in that work. It's sitting with those feelings. It's figuring out your why. It's it's doing that every single day and trying to enjoy it somewhat along the way because <laughs> you can get lost. So it's it's like, it's just a balancing act, I think. And like you said much earlier on in this conversation, there's no secret sauce. It's just putting in the work. Mm-hmm. And people hate hearing it and people hate hearing it because what, what, what do you think they click play on my podcast for the secret sauce? So there is none, there is none emotions suck. We got to deal with them. Let's pick it up and move forward. You know, how do we pivot? It's what I'm all about right now. Um, yeah, it's, you're absolutely right. Amen to this conversation. <laughs> all right, please. Church is in session. Let's go. Or letting out. Church is letting out. <laughs> We've been in church. <laughs> well, thank you for joining me on the show. I have been watching you grow and I've been looking at your IG lives that you do all the time with certain folks to help others and to help yourselves in the same sense. And I think it's beautiful. I think it's a beautiful process to be vulnerable and do that as consistently as you all do. And yeah, I just want to say thank you for taking the time out of your night to join me. Hey, it is, it is truly a pleasure and honor. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much uh, for one, honoring my voice two honoring my story and three, helping me feel seen and heard. So everything that you're doing is is a tremendous help to society, to the world, to elevate the collective as a whole. I truly stand behind what you're doing. I support you. Truly, truly, you are, you're, all your ideas, your team, everything's deeply loved and deep, deeply needed. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, thank you again. And thank you to the listeners for tuning in to another episode of the Wondering Mind podcast. Until next time, maintain your brain and keep on wondering.